either in or you're out. Welcome to the ins and outs of selling a business featuring Keith D., a presentation of Osage Advisors. Welcome back to the show, everyone. This is David Yaz with the Boston Podcast Network, and thanks for listening once again to the ins and outs of selling a business. I'm here, of course, with Keith D., the founder and CEO of Osage Advisors. And last episode, we had the occasion to celebrate. We didn't pop any champagne, Keith, but maybe the next time we see each other in, in person, which, again, who knows? <laughs> it's somewhere out there, Dave. It's, I know it is. Right. Let's not give up hope. On the occasion of 20 years, celebrating 20 years of, of Osage Advisors, and we chatted a lot about your early days and how you've grown the business. And now, if um, if I have this correct, Keith, we, we're going to talk today about the market today and maybe how things have changed and sort of what, what the future might look like. Does that make sense? It, it's a great it's yeah. a great story today, Dave. I mean, the markets today are some of the best, like I mentioned uh, last episode, I've seen in 20 years, if not the best. And from our perspective, you know, we represent owners looking to sell. And if you're thinking of selling a company, testing the market through an, a process, an auction process, such as Osage Runs, is going to deliver some, what I would consider some great options for you. So you make a right choice. Who's the best buyer, not only from price, but you know, the best fit, which is I'm finding the fit factor is maybe I should coin that is a, <laughs> is, 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 is rising high up the ladder as owners. They, you know, they, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that, you know, their, their, their employees stuck with them through what, 18 months of uh, the pandemic, and they have a tremendous loyalty and appreciation for everybody's lives and everybody's put, you know, worked for them. And that fit is key. And that's co- it's come up in several deals we're working on right now. And I think that owners thinking this, thinking of selling, testing the market, you couldn't pick a better time. That's interesting because it's not what you wouldn't necessarily have expected. It's a little counterintuitive because you, you might have thought that the pandemic would have wreaked havoc on businesses and caused people to make hasty decisions. But what you're telling me, it sounds like most people had a chance to take stock in how important the the fit really was. Is that what's going on there? Yes. I'll give you a couple examples. We have a deal that we're in process with right now. And, you know, our, our client has, has brought a couple of his key people into the meetings. He wants their, because he's, he's leaving, they're staying. And he wants their input regarding the best buyer hmm. for the company, you know, which is a testament to him because of his of the loyalty and dedication, appreciation he has to this team and vice versa, that he wants to make sure. Now, at the end of the day, you know, I think, you know, we've given him several tremendous options to choose from. And these key managers have had some very, very intuitive uh, questions that they wanted to have answered. And they were asked in, in presentations, they were in there about certain things that they wanted to hear about because they're staying on and grow, to grow to business. So that's a, a bit of a, an unusual situation that, you know, we, you know, it's always, we want the right fit and want the right management to stay on. And the owner wants to make sure uh, the transition goes well but to have a, a couple key people that are going to be 
integral to moving forward. Also part of the decision-making process, I give uh, the client a lot of uh, credit because he really values what they've done for him. And we have another situation right now where we're just, just got bids just came in and, you know, we've had a, a, he's got 50 or 70 people, I think he has 70 people. And, you know, a, a few of the people really wanted to move, you know, the business and he wouldn't have it. He said, you know, this is not going where, you know, this, you know, if you want to move three or four years from now, that's your termination. But, you know, these people, you know, I split, they actually split from one shift to two shifts so they can have separation during COVID. And he says, I'm not doing, I can't do this to this, these, these employees. They've been incredibly loyal to me and our, and my family and our families. It's a multiple family owned business. And this is, these are things that have to happen. These are things that have to be that, you know, they need to stay here and I'm, I'm going to pick the buyer that's willing to keep a commitment to this area. So those are type of things. And, and the good news for these owners right now is that the markets are so overheated. There's so much money out there that there's so much attention to every business you take to market that their options have opened up. So they can choose that kind of buyer, not only from, a, like I said, the price, but also from the fit, from a cultural standpoint, as well as a legacy firm that's going to be right for them. I mean, we typically get, you know, between eight and 12 bids per deal. I mean, one deal we recently got, you know, you know, over 20. One another deal we got in the high teens. A recent deal we got that, you know, between eight and 10, we're still expecting a couple more, but the, the valuations are coming in strong. They're consistent with what the owners have told us they're looking for in a number of factors. And, you know, if you if you if you take the time and, and you test a market and you drive the and we drive the process on your behalf, you know, under your terms, you're going to find the right buyer in this market. And you're going to be able to get, become well educated to what each individual buyer is willing to bring to the table. And then through our due diligence together, you're going to pick the right buyer for your company. It's it's just it's just you have many options and and the buyer pool knows this and so they're they're raising and you know, valuations are up i mean across the board i mean i'll give you an example we were we were hired on a consulting basis about this time last year uh, a client former client that decided not to sell maybe i don't know several years ago maybe like 2013 or 14 they decided to hold a the business they they weren't ready they asked us they were approached by a, a company uh, to acquire them and said, look, I, and, and he did the right move. You should never represent yourself. There's too much going on. You should have someone with, with expertise involved. So he asked, would we help negotiate? And I said, absolutely. It was, it was, you know, I consider him a friend. I've known him for years. And so he engaged us to help him work with this potential buyer. And it was, I did say to him at the beginning, I said, you know, you would be better served by going to market. And seeing what's out there, he said, I, I, I know, but I want to, I want to work through this. I said, okay. So we went out and they came back with a number, which was lower than they wanted, of course. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. they, you know, he's a smart guy. And, and, and it was like, and he had a couple of retired or non-working partners who, you know, they said, look, if you get the X, if you had a million dollars to this deal, we're, we're good. We're done. We're ready to go. And the buyer wouldn't do it. He looked at numbers, this is where we're at. We're not going to do it. So 
I went back to my client and I said, what do you think? And he said, well, I, you know, I really want that extra million bucks. I said, well, if you do that, then like the market's hot. I think you should really test the market. I know it's a lot of work and I know it's going to put, you know, but at the end of the day, it, you're going to know what the value of this business is. You got one shot at it. There's no take backs when you're selling your company and knowing the value of your company in the market, you know, and choosing the right buyer, you know, is going to give you that comfort level and satisfaction. Okay. This is the price. This is the right buyer. I'm ready to do the deal. Right. It's, I look at it like, it's like that last 10%, right? It's like anything in life. It's like getting to that last 10%, Mm -hmm. right? So it takes an effort to finish it, right? You started a company 40 years ago. You built it from nothing. You hired people. You got customers. You got a reputation. You now have, you know, 70 people working for you, relying on you. This is their, this is their second family. And now you're ready to take that next step. It's exit. And are you going to take the easy, 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 you know, road off? You know, you're going to, you know, you go off this road and say, okay, I'm just going to take this deal. Or are you going to put that little extra effort into it? I mean, we do a lot of that on your hat. We do a lot of the heavy lifting, but we're still going to need your input. So if you put that little extra effort, that last 10% is going to prove to you that you got the right deal. That's going to be generational type money to your family. So we went, we just got the bids in literally Friday and may another one may couple may come in today. So we have prices anywhere from uh, 20 to 40% higher than the original. That's amazing. It, it's just, it just, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's a combination of, of several factors. One, the company valuation is consistent with the market today Two, you know, finding businesses in this industry happens to be in a, let's just say it's a, an airline aerospace meta military defense type company mm-hmm. is very attractive. It's got a long history of success and you know, people are willing to pay a fair price for it. And no one's going like way over the market to pay for this, but we kind of thought the company should trade between X and Y and we're right in line with what we thought, which is, you know, and one party's way up there. I mean, they're like 40% higher than the next you know, than this original offer. And my client, if he had taken that number, right, he would have left several million dollars on the table and you can't get it back. Now, of course, we have to go through due diligence. We got to close the whole thing. But, you know, we put together a distinct set of materials, a book, and we did a question and answer. We went to a number of strategic buyers as well as private equity buyers. We got a mix of both to the table right now and we're excited for him and his family and the other families that this is a much better deal what was your client's reaction when that higher bid came in he's very happy he's <laughs> I imagine he's very happy he's good you know and mm-hmm. he, he he i think you know it's because he's it's himself and he's got again a couple partners who are, are you know you know don't work in the company silent partners so to speak uh, a couple of other other people involved as well. And now he has a wealth of information to supply them. He said, hey, here we are. And that's not the, that's, and I can say in the last, not the last five, I mean, every deal we've ever done. And we've, we've had clients over the years that have come to us because they've been approached by somebody and they either deal busted because the buyer tried to retrade because they found something kind of fun. They knew they're going to find something. And buyers are very shrewd. You got to make sure you're dealing with, there's a 
there's a lot of really legitimate buyers out there. But there are some that, you know, are trying to get a deal, right? They're not looking at full value. If they can get it for a price, they'll take it. Instead of wear you down and then try to retrade and you'll sell, right? This is your company, something you built over all these years. So, you know, we're always able to get more. Fair value. We're not looking to like pie in the sky because we spend a lot of time with our clients up front making sure that the valuation expectations are in alignment before we even sign a deal with our client. So the markets are very hot right now. They're very, they're very uh, frothy. I think it's going to continue for, you know, into 2022. I mean, there's a lot of conversation right now about what the tax implications, but, you know, here we are, you know, we're running, can you believe we're running into the fall already? Mm -hmm. And, you know, the service provider network, the accountants, the attorneys, consultants, environmental, et cetera, they have no bandwidth. They're like books. Some firms I've talked to say, I'm sorry, we, we, we have no bandwidth rest of the year already. Really? That's how, that, that's how the market is right now. Hmm. So as we look at the market, we look at our clients, potential clients, you owe it to yourself to test the market. That extra temp, that last mile, that last 10% to get you to what everything you deserve for everything you put into your business for all those years, it's worth it for you and your family. It's interesting that this, this, the market is where it is after when we've talked about it, after what COVID did to parts of the economy. Tell us what these days, what industries have you seen are most active? If you can mention a couple that are most active, maybe that a couple that not as much as before. So, you know, it's, it's a broad base uh, activity level. I mean, there's so much money out there, but people running fun, funds for, so, Industries such as manufacturing across the board, medical, aerospace, aerospace coming back strong on the commercial side, IT, managed service businesses, software type business, healthcare technology is so hot right now that, you know, if you're a, a healthcare technology company with a reoccurring revenue model, called SaaS, software as a service type business, you are going to be way up there high on the, on the total pole because healthcare is where it's at. And there's a, a lot of money on the venture side going into healthcare, which is going to turn into, you know, product companies. And, and we're in discussion with two different companies in the healthcare area. Cybersecurity is a huge market opportunity just because everybody's reading about it. So it's kind of a broad-based activity. And I, you look at some of these private equity, the companies that would never really would be kind of like at the top of the line for uh, M&A, are now in favor. I mean, like plumbing contractors, electronical contractors. I mean, there's actually funds have actually raised money and wrote theses, so to speak, as they call it in their language, plans mm -hmm. to basically consolidate the plumbing industry or electrical contracting industry or the HVAC industry. It's a broad base. I mean, the, the companies that are what I would call still struggle on the M&A are, are the ones that have always struggled. It's that, you know, standalone retail. E-commerce is huge. We're, we're working on an e-commerce company right now, and it's it's the phenomenal amount of activity we're getting on it. You know, so the general contractor that's a project base, a tough sell. You know, obviously standalone retail. You know, tough sell. Restaurants, unless they're chains, or you know, I would call you know the franchise. You know, like Chipotle, they're they're killing it, right? Dunkin' Donuts, McDonald's, dry anything with a drive-through. It has, uh, I would say. Uh, 
minimum 50, but more likely 100, so you have an inertia of units are attractive. The standalone restaurant, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a tough market. Mm. So it's, it's broad-based because there's so much money out there. I mean, I think last I looked, there was a $1.5 trillion of dry powder, cash on the sidelines of private equity firms alone looking for deal flow and raising funds every day. So it's, it's, a, it's, it's just a really good time as, as a seller. And even if you're not a seller, right, if, if you're looking to like, you know, take some chips off the table, if you want to maybe roll some equity and grow your business, you know, there's, there, there's, there's a multitude of options out there for you where you can kind of like de-stress yourself a bit, have someone come in that's going to bring some talent along with them, let you focus on the stuff you want to focus on strategically from a, from a business owner perspective, get you off the personal guarantees. You know, you take some money off the table. So you feel from a comfort perspective, and then you can, you want to work in another four years or five years or 10 years and you roll with this equity partner. And again, there's, uh, you can have, you know, choices of, of 10 or 20 equity partners to work from through our process. And you figure out who the best one is. You take money off and you roll with them to grow it. And you do what you want to do. You focus on the things you want to focus on. You take some of those, Mundane, I don't want to say mundane, but those tedious tasks, human resources, dealing with the insurance, the banks, you know, that kind of stuff off your plate and you focus on growth. I mean, it's a great time to be doing looking at that as well. It's just, it's just a phenomenal market right now. Is part of that momentum due to the fact that people took a look at the way they did business prior to the pandemic and in some cases realized that the pandemic was a blessing in disguise. They realized how they could do things more efficiently virtually and all that kind of stuff? Well, I'll say this about it. It's that the companies that, 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 that not only survived, but grew during the pandemic mm-hmm. and they pivoted effectively. And then it's just not them. It's them and their management teams and their employees as a unit pivoted to whether a new line of business, a different industry, a complementary industry. And they saw a value there is, is has been a, a driver for some business owners that say, Hey, look, you know what? My company has a lot of room to grow. And I'm at the point in my career where, you know, either I want to help fuel that growth with my talent and my team and take a piece of it, or I want to let someone else take the next step. I'm ready. I've had a very successful life, a very successful career. I have family, I have my wife or a husband who's, who's ready to retire. And, there's things we want to do and that, you know what, this company's ready and there's opportunity out there and my team is ready, but I'm just not ready anymore. I, I've, I'm, a, I'm a, again, I'm, I'm ready to take that, you know, next lifestyle change and move forward and then hand it off to somebody who I trust, who understands, who's a good fit, understands our culture and has the resources to take it. And I can sit back and watch it and take pride. How do you see things again, as we, as we, Mark, 20 years of, of your firm doing great work. How do you see things down the road? What business developments over the next decade might you be negotiating? So I'm looking to you know, expand our team. And, uh, you know, one of my, I've been so busy, but I'm starting to, I'm starting to be a better delegator. Mm-hmm. You know, our, our son joined uh, the firm and he's been with us just uh, two years in December and he's, he's learned to roast and I've, uh, Brought in a, a talented team of where I have three other, four other advisors and I have a good back office. And I, I wanted, I'm looking to diversify. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I'm Frank, I'm talking right now with a woman that we've been talking for like a year now to, to join us as an advisor. 
And I think expanding our team is important and diversifying our team is critical. And is, it's one of my things at the top of my list when I was doing goal planning. How do we diversify? Uh, I'm also looking to bring in some, some younger talent for, for the firm. Uh, and that doesn't mean someone in their 20s or 30s. It means someone up, you know, in their 40s. And we are, you know, we're, we're seasons, we're professional, very, you know, strong senior advisors with Osage, but that next level of, of team that can take this, take Osage when I'm ready to the next level. So, but diversification is number one. Mm-hmm. And I'm really focused on that. And, uh, you know, I, I do have uh, our VP is one of the uh, most talented book writers that I've ever met in my life. And, and she gets along great with our clients and she's a, been a tremendous asset, but I also want to expand on, on other aspects of our firm to, to grow it. And that's, uh, that's a high priority. Of all the family businesses you've worked with and counseled over the years, you must be expert that you'll have no issues whatsoever working with your own son. Is that, <laughs> is, is, <laughs> was there any hesitation there on either your or his part? I'm sure he's, I'm sure he's just wonderful. And the, the old shoemaker's the shoemaker's daughter, you mean? <laughs> yeah, well, right. So yeah. Well, the thing is, is you know, we're, look, yeah. if family's family, right? And yeah. we're very open and honest with each other. And I always say, look, you know, if you don't, if this is not for you. Just let me know, you know. And if you like it, here's. A, uh, we sat down and did, we you know, did we do a lot of goal setting together. That's great. You know, not not weekly, but you know, we sat down at the beginning and we had a goal setting, and then we have another, you know, quarterly and just talk about things and. And he's a terrific people person, and you know, he's got to develop a skill set. I, I mean, you know? I joke about it, but it it must be quite a thrill to be able to to work work with your son. I mean, you know, I'm a proud dad. I take I take great joy in everything my kids do, but that's a special kind of thing when you get to work on something together that you're both proud of. Yeah, you know, he he brings a lot of, and also he brings a lot of intuitiveness to it. It's I've had, I wouldn't say he surprised me, but he's he's brought some things to you know my attention. He sits in on meetings and Zoom meetings, of course, now and and, and telephone calls and conference calls, and we're sitting there, and uh, he'll write a jot a few things down and send a piece of paper over to me, and I'll look at him like, wow, that's a great point. <laughs> you know, for, <laughs> yeah. but it's, you know, I really, really, it's, it's like you say, I get a lot of pride in the fact that it, at his, his age, only two years in this business, right out of college, that he can pick up on that uh, vibe, so to speak, and the conversation and, and, and say, you know, make sure that you emphasize this or something like that at his age, just, it just brings a lot of pride to me that he's able to do that. And I, I hope he's, I hope he wants to stay with it. But you know what? If he doesn't, I understand that. But you're right. It's nice to have him here. I'm working, working with the firm. Certainly during the pandemic, you know, we're, we're, we're close quarters, so to speak, in our office. And time will tell. But so far, so good. And it sounds like we could look forward to another 20 years or who, who knows more. But it sounds like it's full steam ahead for, for Osage for the foreseeable future. Look, we're, we're just getting started right now. <laughs> I mean, I think, you know, I'm very, you know, it took 20 years to get here. And I think if you look at other firms that, you know, you hit a certain point in your, in your, in your, in your longevity of a firm is a testament to something, right? Sure. It's a testament to your drive, your commitment to your clients, your ability to understand what your client's needs are and to deliver results. And, you know, so I take a lot of pride in the fact we're, we're, we're here after 20 years. I mean, there are people that come and go and come and go and come and go. We've been consistent in our messaging, on our process, how we work with clients. I take a lot of pride in that. And I think the next 20 years is just going to grow. 
Thanks very much, Keith. Just remind our listeners how to get in touch with you. What's the best way to find out more about what you and what you do? So uh, again, my name is Keith, the founder and uh, president of Osage Advisors. You can reach me at 860-767-3273, extension 1001, or visit us on the web at Osage, O-S-H-E, advisorswithanest.com. And appreciate your time and look forward to next episode. And we remind you to subscribe to the podcast. You can find it, of course, on the website that Keith just referred to, or go to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you find your shows. And we thank you for listening to the ins and outs of selling a business. 